Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor George again coming at you from Remnant Christian Center. This is our third or, or so week that we've been coming, streaming with you online. What a great time we've had together, hopefully in your homes with worship and prayer. I tell you, this is the greatest time that we as the body of Christ could show the world what it means that we could be locked up in our uh, homes or whatever it, it may be. But just because we're separate does not mean that we cannot stay connected through technology, through phone calls, through texts, through videos. So I want to encourage you, take advantage of the era that you live in. You're living in an era of technology. So I want to encourage you, stay on, get your family. We love you. Listen, today is Palm Sunday, and I am um, wanting to share a word that I shared similarly last year, but I want to add a couple of new uh, points this year about the prophetic implication of Palm Sunday, especially of what we're going through in this hour, in this time, uh, because uh, as we've said before, this is a time that's the most challenging that we've probably had uh, in many generations. And so I want to bring you a word today from God's word to show and illustrate the prophetic examples and really how it relates to the time we're living in, in Palm Sunday. We want to celebrate Palm Sunday uh, biblically, but we also want to draw out prophetic implications of what that means. So come get your Bibles with, with me. Let's turn together to the book of Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 10 is going to be in the New King James Version. It's going to be on the screen. Let's pray together and let's ask the Lord to give us revelation in the Word. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time while they're watching in homes. Lord, I thank you that the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, is rising up even now. Lord, we will not be defeated. We will not stay down. We shall continue to be the light, the salt, the love of Jesus to the world. Father, and I ask you that we would cause uh, unity to be in the body of Christ. In this time where there it seems to be so much division, even in the body of Christ, I'm asking that you would release unity within the body. Let us be one, as John chapter 17 says, Lord. And so I ask that you would anoint this word and anoint it to the people, that, it, that let them hear the words of the Lord and act upon it and be encouraged in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, everyone said, Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 10, very popular portion of scripture, and many of you heard it uh, uh, time and time again before, but what I'm saying at this time, in the light of Palm Sunday, which is today, again, I want to take some prophetic implications from this beautiful story. Mark 11, verse 1 goes like this. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village opposite of you. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it to me. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say to them, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loose the colt, or the baby donkey, right? How people want to say it, or the donkey. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them, just as Jesus has commanded. So they said, Let him go. 
Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it, and many spread their clothes on the road, and others uh, cut down leafy branches or palms from the trees and spread them on the road. Those who went before him and those who followed him cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Can I hear an amen? And again, there's a lot of implications to this story. Uh, as you see, th this is a very unique story because Jesus is very specific in his uh, triumphal entry to Jerusalem. So what many of us uh, in the Western world called Palm Sunday, really biblically, is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he rode on a donkey, right, into Jerusalem, and people were laying palm branches or, or branches uh, from trees, right, on the floor to, to have the donkey walk over it or create a path for Jesus to come on a donkey. So we know this story. But I want to parallel today in just a few points. Hopefully I'm not going to take long today. But I want to get some prophetic points on this story in Mark uh, chapter uh, 11, verse 1 through 10. Because it says something very interesting. Again, the backdrop is Jesus is coming uh, as, a, um, as a king in his triumphal entry to Jerusalem. This is very prophetic, by the way. I don't have time to share, but this is very prophetic of Jesus's eventual conquest and his second return when he comes back triumphantly to Jerusalem, right? And so I, I, I want to just speak that this is a prophetic sign of his coming as well. He's coming back. We need to preach that more, right? He's, Jesus is coming back. We need to be ready for him. But what I want to highlight is a couple of, of verses in this story that really has stood out to me in the last year. Uh, I shared some revelations last year that some of you are going to hear again, but with a new prophetic edge based on what we are going through in this pandemic, this worldwide pandemic. And it's so prophetic. And actually, how do I say this? Um, scary in a good way, how right on the scriptures are in Palm Sunday with these prophetic symbolisms of how of what we're living in today. But I want you to notice that the one of the first things that I that was highlighted by the Holy Spirit about a year ago in this story is not so much the palms, right? The palms or the tree branches is that Jesus said, "Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a donkey or colt, it's the same thing, right? On which no one has sat." And that's how I want to start my message today. Um, and give you a couple of points. Why would Jesus say, hey, I want you to go get a donkey that nobody has ever sat on, right? That's a good question. Some of you that have heard this before, you know where I'm going, but this will be a great reminder for you to shout in victory of this prophetic symbolism. Point number one is this. Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem was symbolic of his desired lordship over our hearts. I'm going to say that again. It's going to be there on your screen. Point number one is this. Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem was symbolic of his desired lordship over our lives. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor George. How in the world are you getting that prophetic symbolism of Jesus riding in a donkey to Jerusalem 
being a prophetic similarity uh, 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 or a prophetic tone or prophetic reality of Jesus wanting to be ruler of our hearts. Well, the reason why I say that is because if you do some digging into some ancient history, right, and if you notice uh, these things, there's a reason why Jesus, being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, being the Son of God, chose a donkey was not by accident. Now, hold up. It was not by accident. He could have came on a horse. He could have came in a, in a majestic chariot, even while he was on earth, just to make sure he was honored and people would know that he's king. There's so many symbolisms here. Yes, it speaks of humility. Yes, riding on a donkey speaks of, of a lowliness of heart, as the Bible says. Right? He says, uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Those who are weary, come to me and I'll give you rest. We get that part. But there's another side of why Jesus chose to come to Jerusalem in a donkey. Number one, to fulfill prophecy. And that's true. Prophecy in the book of Zechariah, uh, in chapter 9, verse 9, I'll read this real quick. Zechariah 9, verse 9 in the New King James says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Now notice that the, the Old Testament is prophesying about Jesus, but he's referring to Jesus as king. Okay, this is... It's important to know how it relates to the symbolism of, the, of Jesus on a donkey, all right? He says, the king is coming to you. He is just having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a cult, the foal of a donkey. So many hundreds of years before Jesus came, in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, it was prophesied that a king will be coming on a donkey, all right, into Jerusalem, all right? So number one, Jesus rode on a donkey to fulfill prophecy. But number two, if you read that prophecy, what does it say? It says, a king. Behold, a king shall be coming to you, and he'll be riding on a donkey. Now, this is very significant because this is where my, I'm getting my first point in, where he wants to be the king or the ruler of your heart, how it's prophetic in this season. No matter what is happening around you, he still wants to be the king of your heart heart and your mind and your emotions, the Lord. Because the fact is this, that Jesus is Savior to many people, but is He King and Lord to many people? He is Savior to many, but is He Lord to many? I'll say it this way. He's Savior to many, but unfortunately, He's Lord to few, right? Not everyone that calls to Him, Lord, Lord. I said, not, the Bible says not many, not many. So in other words, few, uh, that are actually saying, Lord, Lord, are actually saying, meaning Lord, Lord, okay? And so the second reason that Jesus chose a donkey is this, is because in ancient tradition, um, ancient tradition forbade anyone but the king to ride on the donkey or colt, all right? This is important. That's why Jesus said, get a donkey, watch this, watch this, watch that nobody else has sat on before. In other words, prophetically saying, I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and I'm going to release a prophetic story when I go to Jerusalem, is that I want to be the only one seating, sitting in the seat of the donkey. I don't want to share seats with any other king or Watch this, Lord that has sought to, to be on this donkey. So ancient tradition forbade any king 
to ride on a, or sorry, forbade anybody to ride on a donkey that a king was going to ride on. All right? And so this is a very powerful prophetic allegory because what Jesus is saying is, I want to be the king of your heart and I don't want it to be competing with anybody else. Now listen, listen, this is so glorious to me. This is powerful because I know this may sound funny what I'm about to say, but just bear with me for a second, okay? I want you to, I want you to think prophetically or pretend for the sake of this example that the donkey is your heart, right? Is your heart. The central, the centrality of who you are, right? The Bible says how one thinks in his heart, so he is. So I want you to imagine the donkey being your heart and Jesus sitting on the throne of your heart. And what he's basically saying is, prophetically, is Jesus doesn't want to share seats on the throne, come on somebody, of your heart. That's why he was very specific when he said to his disciples, make sure you get a donkey that nobody has ever written before because I am the true king and I don't want to share seats with any other ruler that's trying to be king over your life. And so this is such a prophetic allegory, guys, because he's basically saying, I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and there is none beside me. As he's going into Jerusalem, people have no clue, no idea. They're saying Hosanna in the highest, which by the way means save now, right? So those people back then were thinking, hey, he's going to save us from a, a political and an economical uh, disaster, like what's probably happening in our nation, and finally save now. But Jesus was actually saying, no, I, I am prophesying of what's going to come, my second return in victory. And I'm prophesying something by coming on a donkey, which is this. I want no other lords in the, in the throne of your heart other than me. Because of the ancient times of not allowing anybody to sit on a donkey except a king, this is what Jesus is saying to us today. So like, what can be Lord during this time? What could creep up? Oh, hallelujah. What could creep up to try to be lords or gods or um, kings in our hearts during this season, during this time where we're, many are experiencing such fear and turmoil and frustration? How about finances could try to be uh, a lord over our lives? Come on, somebody. How about, how about th in this time, another person or another Lord named finances could try to usurp Jesus from sitting on the throne of your heart? And, and it wants to be on the donkey, so to speak, on the heart be on this time. And it, before you know it, because of all the fear that was happening and all the, the need for money, then guess what? Money be can become a Lord over our heart, and Jesus is saying prophetically on Palm Sunday, I don't want anybody else to sit on the throne of your heart but me. Glory to God. I don't want, I don't want uh, finances to try to take over. I don't even want greed because greed could be a Lord right now. I'm going to look in the camera real good. Greed could be a Lord right now over many in the body of Christ. That's why we must continue to show the love of God. The Bible says the love of God is in our hearts, shed abroad, right, in our hearts so that we can release the love of God to others. Right now, the, the body of Christ needs to be like the, the book of Acts says, better to give than to receive. How, much, how else will the, will the world see that there's something different in Christians? 
when in the world everyone's about greed. Everyone's about give me money, give me this right now. I said that a little bit last week when the palm tree, when it gives shade, right? Same thing here. Jesus doesn't want any other competitors to rule or sit on the throne of the donkey, the donkey, the spiritual donkey, our heart. He wants to be the only one sitting on that. Come on, that's good. How about, how about different kinds of lust? Different kinds of lust could be a god or an idol that's trying to sit on the throne of your heart, right? Uh, it, it could be uh, boredom. Think about this. When people are just sitting in their homes and, and they don't know what to do, you know what could take place of Jesus being on the throne of that donkey or the throne of your heart, symbolically speaking, right? Because we're talking about in the terms of Palm Sunday, is boredom. Boredom to some right now is a king. Come on, somebody. Boredom right now is a God, is a Lord in many people's lives. They have so much idle time. Or, what, or, or maybe what's happening with uh, the economy. Whatever it is, what is being Lord in your life? I'll be a little bit more practical. In other words, not another person even on the throne of your heart. Not another relationship right now. Because some people are looking to, listen to me, listen to me. Some people during these desperate times of the pandemic are actually looking for relationships to try to fill the hole that only Jesus can. I'm not talking just uh, to, to, to non-Christians. I'm also talking to Christians as well. Because there's people that kind of forget about the Lord and that private time and that quiet place. And, and in their desperation, they're trying to find something else to fill that void. But Jesus is saying, I'm the only one that wants to ride. You know, you talk about ride or die. Come on, somebody. Like we say, she's my ride or, ride or die. She's my ride or die, right? Jesus is our ride or die. And he needs to be on the donkey, right? The only one that ever sat on it. Just like it's in our hearts. That's, uh, sorry, in the Bible about the, about the donkey, he wants to do it also in our hearts. Can someone say amen? Not a ministry position, not a career. Let's be aware of the, watch this, quote-unquote lords or gods or kings that tried to take the throne of our heart during this time. Come on, say amen. The second point I want to make is this. Jesus coming on a donkey also represented a time of peace from turmoil. It's going to be on your screen. The second point that I want you to look at is, is this. Jesus coming on a donkey. We're talking about Palm Sunday story today, right? Also represents a time of peace from turmoil. Somebody say peace. Come on. Somebody type out peace there in the comments. Shout out peace with an exclamation point. If you've, know, if you've been part of RCC for a while, you know I did a series on peace on purpose. I'm not going to go on that. That's a powerful message on the force of peace. But the reason why I want to touch this is because uh, uh, J- Jesus sitting on a donkey resembled a ruler and a king returning to his city now listen to this, in peacetime. Now wait, 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 wait. Before you overreact, I know that right now it doesn't feel like peacetime. You know, it feels like uh, trouble time. Uh, and very much so it is in, in, uh, when it comes to certain realities with this, uh, with this virus, right? But Jesus coming on a donkey represented a king coming to his territory or to his people during peacetime. Now follow me for a second. Because if any season that we've ever been in our generation needs to understand and have the relief and comfort of Jesus coming and declaring peace on an environment, 
I come in peace in a sense is now in the 2020 COVID-19 area, uh, uh, um, time that we're living in. Now, now watch this. This is so critical to me. In ancient times, in ancient biblical times, the kings of Judah, all right, came into a town on a donkey. And it meant that when they came on a on town on a donkey, that everything was okay. That it was not wartime. So an, a, a way to ease the people's uh, minds and comforts. Back in the ancient times, okay, is when the kings of Judah, for example, it, when they would come on a donkey to a place and they would see them from far off, it would be a sign that, whoo, okay, it's not wartime. It's not, it's not time that we have to strap up and almost lose our lives. You're coming to declare peace, right? Now, I think you know where I'm going with this. If, they came, if the kings of Judah at that time came on a war horse, it was a, a warning to the, to, the, to the city or the town, be prepared because war is coming, disaster is coming. Now, in this Palm Sunday story in Mark 11 here, it clearly says that he came during this time. Now, why do I say that? Because at times Jesus may not come during a time of peace. All right. Like maybe now in our world may not be a time of peace. Maybe it is for some, but I'm here to tell you this. But when Jesus comes in any turbulent time, okay, he can completely discombobulate the stress and the turmoil in any environment. Come on, somebody. He will diffuse it. So it may not whether or not it's a time of peace or not. When Jesus comes in prophetically. All right. Watch this now. Sitting on the throne of your heart, spiritual donkey, right? It can diffuse any environment you have. There was a, there was a saying years ago that says, uh, scientists said, if you, if you change a person's environment, you change the person, right? But God says, if you change the person, you could change the environment. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. See, scientists and, and, and some of these people that, know, uh, that may not have a relationship with God or people that are trying to explain uh, why this person got, uh, is getting bad grades or this person turned out to be bad, they'll say stuff that kind of rings true to a degree. Their environment that they grew up without a dad, their environment without a mom, or their environment in an alcoholic uh, home, their environment in a poverty-stricken, crime-driven area produce these type of behaviors. And guess what? That is true to, true to a degree, especially when, when there was no mention of Jesus ever during those times. We are sometimes a byproduct of our environment, but there is better news. The better news is this, is that... When Jesus comes in and the Holy Spirit comes into somebody's life through salvation, now that person can change the environment. Why do I say that? Because of Jesus, the king, and nobody else is on that throne, like that, that, that analogy of the donkey, right? Then if Jesus is on the throne of your heart, then everywhere you go can be peacetime inside of you. I want to say that so boldly. It could be peacetime inside of you it may be not peacetime in the world but inside of you who i feel the holy spirit 
It's peacetime. Remember, when the ancient kings of Israel came on a donkey, they were declaring, it's peacetime. You could chill out. You could relax. There's not going to be any javelins. There's not going to be any swords. There's not going to be any bloodshed. I'm here to announce, because you see me on a donkey and I'm a king, you know, pretty much I'm saying it's, it's okay. These are the, these is the, the traditional historical view on this, right? When Jesus came on a donkey to Jerusalem, not only was he prophetically saying that about his second coming, not only was he saying he wants to be the only one on the throne of our hearts, right? Because he asked for nobody other than him to sit on that donkey. But thirdly, you know what he said? He's saying, I am here to declare that if Jesus is sitting on the throne of your heart, it can always be peace time inside of you. Oh, that's good news, church. That is good news. The good news is that Jesus is the Son of God. And guess what? One of the many specific names that was given to Jesus through the, in my opinion, the most accurate prophecy, timeline, specifics, right? Description of the coming Messiah is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, 6 through 7. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, there's hardly any prophecy that is so detailed that tells not only of the virgin birth, but it also gives descriptions and the names of God, of the Son of God. I have great news for you. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Here's this, this next point that I'm hearing, that I'm saying about the Palm Sunday story is that Jesus is coming to be peace in your families. Why do I say that? Because in Isaiah chapter 9, one of the names of God is the Prince of Peace. One of the names of God. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and then we're going to jump into 6 to 7. Isaiah chapter 9 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has, a light has shined. Now you go to verse 6 in the New King James. It's on the, on the screen. It says, for unto us a child is born. Look how specific this was. Hundreds of years before Jesus came, right? Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Oh, I love this. Watch this, guys. And his name will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and the peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over the kingdom to order it and establish it with just judgment and justice from the time, this time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts performed this. Guys, one of the names of Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the Prince of Peace. I say that because in that point that I just made, Jesus coming on a donkey represents peacetime, but not just in an environment, Peacetime in your heart. Peacetime in your mind. If he's truly the Lord, he will dominate and radiate peace all over you. The peace that truly passes all understanding. But here's the beautiful uh, revelation. If peace first comes... Sorry, let me backtrack. Peace first comes on the inside before it can be shown on the outside. So when people are walking in peace, is because they have revelation... That Jesus, through spending time with him, is conquering their hearts from fear. And any situation that they walked in, they could diffuse it by the love and the peace of God. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Uh, this is so powerful 
to know that Jesus coming to Jerusalem. I want you to hear this before I share my last point here. Jesus coming to Jerusalem on a donkey is his invitation to his peace in your life. Jesus coming on a donkey to Jerusalem is prophetically his invitation to say, come, to give you peace in your life. So this Palm Sunday, know that one of the specific prophetic things about him coming on a donkey to Jerusalem was to bring peace to your heart, to your mind, during these times that we're living in. It's a kind of peace that doesn't make sense in the natural because it surpasses all understanding. And everyone said, amen. And the, the last point I want to make is that palm branches were symbolic of honor, honoring a king and recognizing his salvation. That's this, that's this uh, final point that you'll see here on the screen. The point is the palm branches were symbolic of, of honoring the king and, and recognizing salvation. Let me pause and say this during this Palm Sunday. How are you and I honoring God during these quarantine times? How are you honoring God? Hear me for, for just a second. If any time in history we've been given a gift of time, it is now. Okay, think about what I'm saying. It's not like you could go to Target and Publix and say, excuse me, I would like to buy 30 minutes of time, please, in a bottle. Uh, can you give me an hour of time? I kind of lost it, you know, and I need, to, I need to regain it. Could you imagine if that was reality? We can't buy time. But guess what? There is a gift of time given to humanity right now, which is this. Stay in your homes. Be with your families. Guess what happens when you have the gift of time a little bit more in your hands? There's no excuse for you not to make time to spend time with God. Hello? Hello? Nobody right now has the excuse. Well, I just, I, I don't, I have time. Yes, I understand the medical professionals, they're overworked and all that. But for the majority of people who are staying in their homes, we're given a gift in this season, okay? And I, I say that because how are we honoring? Remember, the third point here is that the palm branches or the branches of the trees were symbolic of honoring a king and recognizing the king's victory or the king's salvation, all right? How are we honoring um, God? And I'm just going to name a few. How are we honoring God with our time? I just shared that, okay? Secondly, how are we honoring God with our words during the time? There's time. Remember, we're talking about the symbolic realization of palm trees being a, a code of honor, all right, to a king. How are we on Palm Sunday in this season honoring God with our words? How are we honoring God with our finances? How are we honoring him with our tithe and offerings? How are we, literally, how are we honoring him with that? Are we still being faithful during these times? Are we still honoring God in that area? How are we honoring our families during this time? Oh my gosh, think about that, guys. How are we saying, how are we saying you know what? I have a little bit more time on my hands. Let me play some board games with my kids. Uh, let me get around and, and let's have a movie night. Or let, let's pray together. Let's, let's talk more, a little bit more about Jesus here in our home. How are we honoring the Lord with our families? What I mean by that is how are we collectively as a family honoring God during these times? Maybe it's Bible reading together. You figure it out. But it is a sign of honor. It's uh, also a sign of victory. Palm branches were a sign of victory and triumph and joy when it came to a battle won. Now, check this out. If 
this is true of some of the definitions and, and prophetic uh, symbolisms of br palm branches were a sign of victory and triumph. So basically, without the people even knowing it, while Jesus was on a donkey, right, going into Jerusalem, and they were putting palm branches down or trees down that had branches, right, they were prophesying his victory on the cross. They were pro prophesying his victory over sin. Glory to God. Glory to God. It, this is amazing. This is amazing. Without them even knowing, they're saying, you will be victorious. Why? Because palms, palm branches were also symbolic of the laying down of palm branches was of esteeming victory and triumph, recognizing triumph. Oh, glory to God. This is awesome. Now, last but not least, and I'm doing real, real good in time, right? Uh, what I want to share with you about this Palm Sunday message is... Um, Palms, branches, or something biblically profound, and some of the greatest miracles of all. We see in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 2 in the NLT, the Bible says a branch will shoot forth or branch out. The, the branch of Jesse, which is called the descendant of Jesse, right? Then David, that's why Jesus was called the son of man, but also the son of David. Remember blind Bartimaeus and others? Jesus, son of David, right? The reason why I say this is because in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 2, you could just put it on there on the, on the screen. It would be on there. But it talks about Jesus being the branch. Everybody say branch. All right. Out of the stump, the branch of David's family will grow a branch, a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. This is prophetically talking about Jesus. So every time... You hear the word the branch in the Bible is talking prophetically about Jesus being that branch. And oh, glory, I love this because when you remember some prophetic symbolism of the days of Noah. Oh, come on, you know where I'm going, some of you. This is beautiful. Even in the Old Testament, there was a prophetic allegory of hope, of salvation coming to the earth. Why? Because if you know anything about the story of Noah, Noah, when the ark was, when he was trapped in the ark and he realized that he didn't know whether the waters were, or were down yet or not because he spent hundreds of days uh, just realizing that the waters had to go up and then had to go back down. And so he first, as you know, sent a, a, a raven out and it was going, uh, it came and it never came back. The raven never came back. So the reason why he was sending it, it was to see if it was okay for him to finally get out of the ark, right? Well, after a few days, he sends out a dove. Now, you know, you know, those of you who've been in church for a while, the dove is always symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit is not a dove, but the Bible says in the New Testament that when Jesus got baptized, come on somebody, that the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the form of a dove, okay? So in the, in, in, if you go to the story of Noah, knowing this analogy, the Bible says that Noah sent out a dove. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And in time, after a couple of returns back to the window, it came back with an olive branch leaf on its mouth. Oh, my God. A branch. The, holy, the, the dove 
came back with a branch, an olive branch in its mouth. Together, the dove and the branch together. The dove being symbolic of the Holy Spirit and the branch being symbolic of the Savior of the world. Meaning prophetically that when the dove came back with the branch, hello, the dove, Holy Spirit, came back with the branch, Jesus, right? It was prophetic not only for Noah's salvation, but it was prophetic for humanity's salvation. Basically, even in the Old Testament, it was prophesying one day the Holy Spirit will come and one day it will be, the Holy Spirit will be with man and it will point people to Jesus because that's the job of the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit is always to point people to Jesus. Jesus, when he came on the earth, his job was to reveal the Father. When the Holy Spirit came on the earth, his job was to reveal Jesus to humanity. So what a beautiful allegory way back in Genesis of the dove, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, having the branch, symbolic Jesus, together in its mouth, saying to Noah, there is safety, there is salvation. My God, there is victory because the branch is coming. The branch is Jesus. Guys, I want to encourage you. I hope you're shouting from your house right now. I hope there's, that there's some sort of hope knowing that in Palm Sunday, we still could rejoice that Jesus is still on the throne. He is the Lord of all. He's the name above every name, even COVID-19. Name above cancer. Name above leukemia. The, the, the name above, above lupus. The name above arthritis. The name above every name and here is the good news not only is he the name above every name in this palm sunday every knee shall bow to the name of jesus so you put any name that you're struggling with you put any name that this society is throwing at us and jesus is above it all my friends i want to encourage you Man, I did good. It's 35 minutes, and I, I'm, I'm preaching, and I'm fired because I know that this Sunday, as we're celebrating, you could great get these realities in your heart and encourage you to take notes because there is hope for the world. And the, and the Holy Spirit, prophetically, is like the book of Genesis. Right now, I, I, pray, I think prophetically that... The Lord is saying, go back to Noah. Remember he says, you know, like my coming is like in the days of Noah. Well, prophetically, look at the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, at the very end, I'm not talking about the flood. A lot of people focus on the flood and all that. But prophetically today, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the days of Noah's are, is that the Holy Spirit is saying, still coming with the branch. The dove still has the branch saying, look at the branch. Look at Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. Look at Jesus, the one who heals. Look at Jesus, the one who saves. Look at Jesus, the one who gives peace. Look at Jesus, the one who gives breakthrough. Glory to God. Let's turn our eyes to Jesus. And this is the Palm Sunday message that he offers salvation. So to recap, Jesus' triumphal entry came, number one, his desire for lordship over your heart. That's the first symbolic thing of Jesus' triumphal um, Entry. Why? Because no one else but the king could sit on a donkey. So that's symbolic of his desired lordship over your life. Number two, his peace that passes all understanding. Riding a king riding on a donkey, okay? Recap. This is a recap. A king riding on a donkey was symbolic of coming to release peace, to declare peace, right? And lastly, number three, 
this Palm Sunday message is his salvation to mankind through the person of the Holy Spirit, the dove. His message, the Holy Spirit is taking the message of the branch. The dove is taking the message of the branch. Come on, somebody. Through you, through Christians, and is saying now, during this troubled time, come to the Lord. I pray that this time, Christians will be used by the Holy Spirit to declare Jesus like never before. And there will be a massive amount of people coming to the kingdom. Why? Because people are looking for hope. Amen? Oh, this is so beautiful. Why don't you join hands with me right now? Come on, close your eyes and let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for hope, Lord God. We thank you that you, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're coming. And you're releasing this truth in our lives and this reality in our lives that Jesus is coming to bring peace in our hearts. He wants to be the Lord over our hearts. He wants nobody else to sit on that donkey. He wants nobody else to sit on the throne of our heart. And Lord, you're coming, Holy Spirit, to declare like never before the message of Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted you to, to know that you are victorious, church. I want you to know that there is a, uh, a Savior and a Lord that will conquer all on your behalf. I want to take some time uh, before we close this service and ask you, if you've enjoyed this service, we are going to ask you to be obedient and faithful to your tithe and offerings. We did not do it in the middle as we usually we want to wait to the end because you're about to sign off. Right now, right when you're about to sign off here um, in just a few uh, moments, I would like you guys to go on the on the screen or the, the website to see how you can give. I want you to take a look at this video that's uh, right, about to come up right now to share to tell you how many ways you can give and be faithful to your giving during this time. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we're asking you to be uh, considering to, to sow a seed. And of course, if you consider RCC as your home church, please make sure you stay faithful with your tithe and offerings. I'll end it with this before you see this video. There's these a lot of sayings lately that says, support your local business. Well, I want to have another saying, okay? Support your local church. I'm going to say that really boldly uh, without shame. Support your local church. How do you do that? Not only with your finances, but with your time. Not only with your time, but with your talents and your skills. Be engaged. Right now, there's so many options out there, right, uh, that you could go to. And, and that's fine. You could do that. But still be plugged into your church. Don't be disconnected to the next big thing. Don't be disconnected to the next, you know, more powerful uh, ministry. Support your local church as much as you can during these times because we're going to do it together. God bless you.